Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Marvel's the Marvel's hits theaters this weekend, but is it Marvel's us? I tell you right now. Hello, everybody. I'm Dan Merle, and this is my review of The Marvels. Apologies if I look a little tired. It was an 11-hour round trip for me to see this movie outside of my own city in order to get this review up for Embargo, but I am pretty energetic about this film, so hopefully the fatigue doesn't show too much. The Marvels is from director Nia DaCosta, whose Candyman reimagining I enjoyed back in 2021, the latest indie director recruited by Marvel and thrown at the helm of a major blockbuster. The script for the film is by Nia DaCosta, WandaVision writer Megan McDonald, and Loki writer Alyssa Karasik, and finds Brie Larson's Captain Marvel teamed up with Iman Vellani's Miss Marvel and Monica Rambeau, the daughter of Captain Marvel's best friend. The three Marvels meet cute when their powers are intertwined, causing them to switch places for the first act of the movie or so. I was not a big fan of 2019's Captain Marvel, though I did come to the movie's defense from all of the crazy theories that were formulated to explain away the movie's obvious financial success. But I did have hope for the character. I like Brie Larson as an actress, and I'd hope that they would maybe explore more about Captain Marvel in the future films that she would appear in. I'm largely impartial on Tayana Paris's Monica Rambeau. She was granted powers on WandaVision. It was sort of a wait-and-see thing with her. And then I actually enjoyed the Disney Plus show Ms. Marvel, and Iman Vellani in particular. I thought she was just a breath of fresh air. I really loved her performance. And so in many ways, I was hoping that this movie would be a chance for all three of these actors and these characters to shine. And so it does not bring me any pleasure to say that I think that the Marvels is an unmitigated disaster for Marvel and the MCU at this point in time. I think it is the culmination of every single mistake that the MCU has made over the last 15 years. And quite frankly, it surprises me that this movie was deemed fit for release in the shape that it's in. The Marvels is little more than a series of action sequences strung together by random scenes that sometimes connect and sometimes don't. It's obvious that this movie was chopped up, reshot, rewritten, and some attempt was made to assemble something out of it, but it is a failed attempt. If I were Kevin Feige and I saw the cut of this movie that's going out to theaters this weekend, I would have deemed it unreleasable in its current form. I think it feels that unfinished. And yet the Marvels is hitting theaters this weekend to what I think will be these characters 
and the franchise's detriment. It's tough to know where to start, but I will start with the film's villain, which I found out when I looked at the credits, is named Darbin. She's a Kree who's angry and opens up portals in the sky. That's pretty much all she has to do. And she is so underdeveloped that she makes Ronan the Accuser and Malekith look like Hannibal Lecter and Heath Ledger's Joker by comparison. Zoe Ashton does what she can with what she's given, but she's given basically nothing. It's as if Marvel took all of those criticisms they've been given in the past for having weak villains as a challenge to somehow do worse instead of better. The Marvels, as they're named in a throwaway line that may or may not have been part of a reshoot, have some fun fight scenes as they switch and combine powers, but any scene that requires dialogue is mostly disastrous. About one-third of the dialogue scenes are obvious expositional reshoots where they just had to dump plot because of the fact that the story had been taken apart and put back together so many times. Another third of the dialogue scenes are character development that are usually set up by lazy flashbacks or sometimes not at all. It certainly didn't land for me at any rate. And then the last third of the dialogue is generally humor. Some of it works, usually involving Iman Vellani. The force of personality that she has is really able to sell a lot of her material in the movie, but some of the humor in this movie is just awful. I mean, really, really bad. Just did not land for me. Paris is fine, though it seems like her character is really still just in placeholder mode for what they're going to do with her later on down the line, which is where it feels like this character's been from the beginning. And then we have Brie Larson. She seems adrift in this movie, mainly because the MCU has never actually nailed down what kind of character Captain Marvel is supposed to be. I wasn't a fan of how she was directed in the first movie. I'm not a fan of how she was directed in this movie. I know that Brie Larson is capable of giving a good performance. I've seen it multiple times on screen, but never as this character. Last time I thought that she was directed to be too one note. In this movie, it feels like she's being given four different directions at once that she's desperately trying to execute. Samuel L. Jackson is also back as Nick Fury, and throughout most of the movie, I was thinking this has to be a variant of the Nick Fury that was just in Secret Invasion, because if he's not, then his characterization is almost insultingly 180 degrees from the character that we just saw on that Disney Plus series. I'm pretty sure that every single line that Nick Fury has in this movie is a joke. Literally, that, that's not an exaggeration. Monica, you gotta fly. No, no, no. I... Black girl magic. Putting aside that I didn't really think that most of Nick Fury's jokes worked, as I didn't think much of the humor in this movie worked, did nobody flag at some point that the Nick Fury in this movie and the Nick Fury in Secret Invasion seem like completely different characters, like twin brothers from different parts of the universe? Is nobody paying attention at this point? As far as are we keeping characterizations consistent across different projects? And it just adds to this feeling that I have that nobody is in control of anything over at Marvel right now. The tone of this movie is all over the place. Sometimes it's a comedy. Sometimes it's a farce bordering on parody. Sometimes it's drama. Sometimes it's action. And a movie can have all of those different tones. But when it's done correctly, they're combined almost like symphonically. All of these different instruments that come in and out at the right times. This is like all of the different instruments all playing together at the same time and all playing different songs. It is a cacophony. It is 
headache-inducing at times. And again, I feel like that there was one version of the script that had one tone, and they added like one scene that was like the super broad tone. There's like a musical scene that's in there somewhere. There's one sequence in the third act that I think is supposed to be this like super broad, like audience-pleasing, everybody's laughing kind of thing, but it's a subplot that's set up for like 30 seconds before it happens. It's not necessarily that these things wouldn't ever work. They just don't work in this movie because this movie is a hodgepodge. It is a mishmash of ideas and scenes taken from I don't know how many different versions shot across I don't know how long and thrown together into If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. One movie. Now, there is something that I have to give the Marvels credit for. Either smartly or cynically, The movie does tease out some big things for the MCU as it approaches the end of its runtime. And I think the intention there is for the audience to leave buzzing about that. That certainly seemed to be what happens to the smaller group of critics that I saw this movie with. But no, I'm I'm not going to let the movie do that because you can't discount the fact that there is a hundred minutes of movie completely thrown together that doesn't work ahead of a couple of different things that yes as a Marvel fan are exciting but I'm at the point and I've been an MCU fan since Iron Man in 2008 since the very first MCU movie I have now lost all faith that the MCU is going to actually pay off on what they say they're going to or really is capable of paying off what they say that they're going to. It's like Charlie Brown and the football. I have had the trust and the faith in the MCU for so long when they promise this. You throw in an Evan Peters there on WandaVision and you think it's a big game changer, but it's not really. It's just some kind of weird boner joke. I have no faith that there is any kind of plan that will be executed to my satisfaction as a fan at this point. And I think that's a big problem. And it's a big reason why so many people are jumping off of the MCU train. There was faith all the way up until Avengers Endgame that they would execute what they said they were going to do and they haven't been doing that lately and it's starting to catch up with them. The Marvels is for me the absolute low point of the MCU so far. I think it is the on-screen complete breakdown of the Marvel creative process. Honestly watching this movie I'm not sure that there was ever a workable version of the Marvels that was written or shot. It seems to me that Marvel was locked into making this movie and they were trying to write it. They didn't have the script ready before they shot. They tried to reshoot it. The reshoots didn't work. And so they just slapped together the version that they could to get it out in time for it to hit the release date. And that is so antithetical to how you should be making movies that it should be taught in film classes next to the ways that you should be making movies. It is anti-creativity, and I think it's right up there on the screen for people to see. I honestly wish I could sit here and give you like a huge redeeming factor that I could say tempers all the stuff that I didn't like about this movie. Amon Vellani comes close, and I still think that she is a star. I still want to see more 
more of this character, Miss Marvel, and we'll see what they have in store for her in the future or what's even going to happen to the MCU in the future. And, you know, honestly, maybe this is, I'm being a little easy. I don't even really blame Nia DaCosta for what happened with this movie. The kind of incompetence that's on display in the Marvels is generally only possible at the studio level, which means that Kevin Feige has either completely lost his touch or there's way too much going on and they're not able to supervise things closely enough to make sure that what they're putting out there is a quality product. I've been called an alarmist for the MCU recently because I've been kind of saying, hey, you know, I think they really need to start paying attention to some of this stuff, even in the face of some successes, because it hasn't all been flops. Guardians 3 did pretty well in the summer. Black Panther Wakanda Forever did pretty well last year. But for me, this is absolute proof positive of what I've suspected for quite some time, which is that there's something very dire wrong at Marvel right now. The fact that you can get a movie in this shape in theaters says to me that there's something in the system that's broken and it needs to be fixed now, not next year, not when they flush out what they have in development, now, because I do think that the MCU is possibly at risk here, and I think the Marvels is going to expose that risk in a way that they have never been exposed before. It hurts me to do this, but I'm giving this one a rating of stay away. What a massive disappointment this movie was from somebody who was actually rooting for it, rooting for these actors, rooting for these characters, rooting for the director. I just didn't find anything that I could grab onto here. Also, PSA for those of you that are going to see it in theaters. There is a mid-credits scene, but there is not a post-credits scene, although I encourage you to stay and look at the names of the people that worked very hard to bring that movie to the screen. Even if the movie's not great, they still worked hard. Uh, but if you do need to go to the bathroom or whatever, you want to get out of the parking lot early, you can head out after that mid-credits scene because there's nothing at the very end. So those are my thoughts on the Marvels. Pretty unambiguous, I think. What do you think? Are you still excited for the movie? After you see it, are you going to say, Dan, you're crazy? Let me know down in the comments below. And as always, thank you so much for watching me here on the channel. Stay tuned right here. I'm going to have a review of Loki Season 2 coming up in a day or two. I'm also going to have a spoiler review, hopefully up for the Marvels this weekend. And then I've got some fun stuff planned out for the next couple weeks, some pre-tape materials. But one of them is an If I Ran Marvel segment that I'm actually going to revise a little bit after having seen this movie. That'll be up on the channel next week. Thanks for spending part of your day here with me. Until next time, stay safe, and I'll see you then. Bye.